Wednesday the 6th of June. Um, a few items just before we start. Um, there are no fire drills planned, so if there is an alarm, please meet on the grass at the front of the building. Please, everybody, ensure that you have your mobile telephones turned off. I really don't like it when they go off. Um, apologies for absence I have from Councillor Howard Riles. Apart from that, I think we're a full committee. Uh, any declarations of interest? Councillor Freeman? Town Council. Yep. Councillor Fairhurst, the same, yep. Oh, yep. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, previous minutes, can I sign those as a true record? Agreed, thank you. Um, just for everybody's information, item six has been removed from the agenda and will be appearing on next month's just for further information being prepared and item seven has been withdrawn. So specifically those were the applications for uh, south of School Lane, Molehill Green and uh, Tower House St Edmunds Lane. So if anybody's here for those, then just be aware that they're not coming on today's agenda. Um, with that, I will hand over to uh, Mrs Shoesmith for the first item, UTT 172607, outline planning for land south of the B1256 in Little Canfield. Maria. Thank you, Chairman. The application site is located um, south of the B1256 and south of Stortford Road, um, located um, at, just outside Little Canfield. In terms of the application, the application is a hybrid uh, planning application covering a total area of 6.2 hectares. The site itself is split into two areas, Area A and Area B. Area A is for a detailed planning application for a new council depot comprising vehicle workshops, office, external storage, ground maintenance storage, parking, landscaping, vehicular access and all associated infrastructure. This covers an area of two hectares. Area B is an outline planning application covering 4.2 hectares. Uh, the applications for employment use comprising um, business, general industrial and storage distribution. All matters are reserved on this site except for access. In terms of access, um, area A, the access will be taken off of Stortford Road located here and for the proposed um, employment use, it's, uh, the access is proposed off the B1256 located located here. In terms of where the application site is located, as stated, we've got uh, Stortford Road located here, B1256 coming up to the roundabout and over the A120 which is located here. There is the Flitch Way which is located to the south of the site we have residential properties which are located on the frontage of Stortford Road, a couple of which are listed buildings. We also have uh, residential properties which are located on High Cross Lane East which are located here, again um, a couple of which are listed as well. There are also residential properties located here. In terms of the site's locality, there is um, office buildings located here and you have the banana factory located here and Hells Farm which has uh, mixed employment uses on the site located to the south here. 
The outline application um, is for, as I said, a mixed use. Um, in terms of the parameters that have been set for the application site for the outline area, it's been stated that buildings could be up to 14 metres in height. Landscaping buffer is proposed uh, 22, 30 metres wide, um, providing a 4 metre high bund, uh, noise bund, which is located here. Um, to the rear of properties which are fronting Stortford Road. Um, in terms of the detail, we'll go into that in a bit uh, in a second uh, regarding the landscaping. In terms of the buffer zone around the perimeter of the site, um, this would range between 5 and 10 metres wide um, along the outside of the site itself. The depot site um, proposed um, would cover a floor area of 1,685 square metres for B1 office spacing. The building is proposed to be located to the southern um, area of the site and 864 square metres of light industrial um, use for the workshop is uh, proposed to be located here. Um, joined to the main building itself. Um, this scheme would see the centralisation of three council depots, which is the Saffron Warden, Newport and the Great Dunmo Depot, to this um, singular site located here. Um, as part of the site, application site, as you can see, uh, parking is being proposed. Um, the scheme will be carried out in, in a phased approach. Um, decanting from the other three sites onto this site um, whilst the works are ongoing uh, on the application site. In terms of the building and what it would look like, uh, these are um, ground, sorry, floor plans of how the layout is proposed to be. There will be open plan office space um, proposed at one end with various facilities to support, um, to support the use in itself. The same on the first floor with canteen and meeting rooms, plant areas, and with on the ground floor having uh, workshop bays which are located to the other end of the building. This shows a cross section of what the building um, would look like. Uh, it would range from 12 to 12 and a half metres in height, um, which is similar heights to the uh, banana factory, which is located uh, to the south um, of the building and of Flitch Way. These are the elevations in a bit more detail of what the building would look like. Um, say the office spacing located here and above the, uh, the workshops as well. In terms of cross sections, um, these are various cross sections from around the perimeters of the site. Um, the key one being this, showing the height of the residential properties located on Stortford Road, which are uh, about six metres in height. The distance uh, from the gardens, which are about five metres deep. The perimeter fencing, approximate um, distance from the rear uh, boundaries of the site. Um, in terms of into the uh, landscape buffer area and the bund which is proposed as part of the application. Um, as stated, um, 
half of the site is in detail, so the landscaping forms part of the application. The other site, um, it's a reserved matter. However, indicatively, it's shown that this landscape bund will carry on um, through both of the sites uh, to the north. In terms of um, the consultation responses, these have been um, fully discussed on pages 9 to 34 of the uh, report itself. Um, the proposed application is considered um, to be in a sustainable location, uh, meeting employment needs and retaining 98 jobs in terms of the um, depot section. Um, located here with the ability to create further employment uh, with the adjacent site. Um, the needs of the employment have been fully discussed uh, within the report, including the locality of where the scheme is proposed to be located. In terms of the relationships of the buildings to the site, uh, the buildings most affected are, are those on High Cross Lane um, in terms of um, the listing buildings and the heritage impact, also those on Stortford Road as well. The design uh, landscape, residential and visual amenity, also the heritage impact uh, that it will result from the proposed development has been fully discussed also within the report. Um, on balance, it's considered that the, um, in consideration of the heritage statement submitted as part of the application and the conservation area's comment, officer's comments, the proposed development and the works um, are um, on balance considered to accord with policy. In terms of highway impact and implications, this has been heavily considered within the report where further additional information um, has been submitted um, and has been considered both by Essex Highways and, the High and Highways England as well. Um, the series of information uh, sought to say uh, further information that, in terms of the implications upon the local network and the functioning upon the A120. So that impact has been taken into account and, uh, together with the committed developments in, in the locality. As a result, um, no objections were found from high, um, Essex Highways or Hi Highways England subject to conditions and Section 106 obligations. As part of the mitigation work um, that has been suggested by Highways England, it's required that additional works to the A120 slip road to accommodate the impact of the proposed development. This is proposed to be uh, on the eastbound junction um, coming off of the A120, which um, seeks the widening of the slip road and the approach to the roundabout um, to be two lanes. In assessing the application, uh, there was no objections that were raised specifically from Highway, uh, sorry, Environmental Health, uh, Environment Agency, Ecology, SUDS, uh, subject to conditions. Overall, subject uh, to measures secured by way of conditions and Section 106 agreement, the impact of the proposed development can be mitigated. The proposed development uh, on balance is considered to be in a sustainable location in accordance with policy. It should be noted that since the writing of the report and as an update to paragraph 9.21 on page 28, the application now features within Regulation 19 uh, allocations within the draft local plan.
In terms of the assessment of the report overall um, and on balance, the report, uh, the development is uh, recommended for approval, subject to section 106, obligation and conditions set out on pages 60 to 77, subject to amendments on page uh, 61, conditions 3 and 5, adding the words um, in, in the front of the conditions, notwithstanding the details submitted. On page 66, conditions 18 and 19 should refer to condition 16 and not 19. Also, on page 77, conditions 28 and 29 should refer to site B and not site A. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, thank you, Mrs. Shoesmith. Um, we have um, five speakers, four speakers on this, so I'll take David Adams first. Uh, we don't normally let out that, David, because obviously the officers haven't had a chance to see it as such. Most but of these are from the if they're from the report, that's fine. Well, look, we'll, we'll, we'll take it as it comes, okay? You have three minutes. Can you put the microphone on, David? Press the button in the middle. That's it. Hello, councillors. Um, please can I refer you to diagram six. Why did the Council go to all this trouble with this application when it already had planning permission from Essex County Council for a transfer station and Council Depot, possibly to save embarrassment of going back to ECC as it elapsed three years ago after being held for five years? 83 against and 1-4, that's nearly 100% of the community of Old Little Canfield, your constituents. Little Canfield, Great Canfield and Great Dunmo Parish Town Councils are also opposed to this. I also have to ask why the Council Planning Department is going against its own planning policy and against the way it has consistently applied its rejections over the last six years that I have investigated. We have hundreds of examples if requested. The inspector upon appeal concluded that the proposed bonding would be harmful to the landscape of the area, setting, uh, area and setting of the listed building. By reason of its nature, form and appearance, the proposal would have a detrimental impact on the open rural character of the, of the area and detract from the appearance of the countryside, contrary to policy S7 and Ottersford local plan. Please could I um, ask you to look at diagrams one and two. The proposed development would not preserve or enhance the setting character of heritage asset, uh, asset for reason of form, scale, massing orientation, national planning policy framework and adopted local plan. The heritage is acknowledged in 918 of the Ottersford Conservation Officers section and goes further to say clearly the setting of listed buildings would be seriously diminished to the detriment of their significance and despite possible mitigating measures. I simply must ask, is there some reason this site warrants overriding 12 pieces of planning policy and the Council's own conservation and landscape officers? Please see diagrams four and five. They show the bund ending at bedroom window level and the suggestion from the noise management plan is to keep our bedroom windows closed so we're not disturbed. So the noise reduction methods will be ineffective at anything but ground level. The buildings will be two times the height of the houses and three and a half the height of the bund. How can this possibly be in keeping with the rural area and within the form and scale? Environmental health, REF, 1183 acknowledged that unacceptable noise could be generated in government guidance IPPC H3 states that for trees to offer significant attenuation it needs to be more than 100 metres thick and densely planted. Environmental health has also conceded that they need to put monitoring tubes at the inclined junction between Stortford Road and the B1256 is there a real risk of the emissions of NOx exceeding the legal daily limits when the 34 um, refuse vehicles queue up at the junction 
currently can take five minutes in the morning to uh, get out the junction. Has a time and motion study been carried out to look at the impact of the emissions that we cause by extra travelling for refuse, housing and grounds maintenance staff travelling to and from work when you centralise Saffron Walden and Newport? The Environment, uh, Environment Agency has levelled direct criticism at councils that are not acting now according to the Climate Change Act to reduce emissions and it will lead to much higher costs later. I would suggest that if this is approved, you will be setting a dangerous precedent which will be set where 12 pieces of legislation that have been used to turn down planning applications consistently over the last six years uh, that I have looked at could be challenged citing this development and due to ins- inconsistent application of planning policy you would unfortunately be leaving the council open to an inevitable judicial review. One last question. If there wasn't a council depot involved in this application, would the planning department be recommending this proposal? Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I think we're going to take Mark Bulling. Mr Bulling, you also have three minutes. My name is Mark Bulling. I live at 3 Stalford Road, Little Canfield, Great Dumbo. I own one of the five houses which is to be built around, which the Bund is to be built around as it, is, as it is represented at this time, I'm totally against. I've tried to engage with both Uttersford District Council and the landowner, Mr Tris Trembath, about this matter to get a clear view of what deal can be struck to minimise the impact and loss to residents and the area in general. I have come here today not to fight a battle, cause a problem or upset other parties. I am here to make sure that if this plan does go ahead, nobody loses out. And I know this means every party will need to engage fully and make some concessions. The response so far from UDC has been it's all down to cost, it's cheaper for them to build on a greenfield site. And the response from the landowner, unfortunately, has been nothing. I'm totally against the whole project. It's directly against the Council's own planning policy and for their own job leaves UDC open for an inquiry on this matter alone. I believe that UDC even coming up with this plan brings everything UDC say or do into question in regards to this project, marking your own homework. However, there is something called progress which I am prepared to engage with, but as yet I cannot get the other parties to respond. The whole project is going to majorly affect my property stroke home, which I have owned and lived in for the past 27 years. I am concerned that the proposed bank and strip of land will affect, will cause problems in the following ways. It will not be maintained, thus causing a five-star environment for wildlife that the dust carts will bring back with them and food for flying scavengers as well. So we'll end up with birds, mice and rats, etc., And, of course, the wind tunnel effect that may be caused because we already have the road bank the other side. At a later date, the bank could be removed. Houses built up to our back back gardens, thus totally changing the environment again, which is totally unacceptable. The smell from the waste vehicles, which may or may not be a problem, what's going to be done about that? There is no sign of a proper vehicle wash arrangement shown on the plans, which, as you are planning, this is to be the home for many of your lorries and the dust carts and maintenance hub for the dust carts. I find it disturbing and short-sighted. The area shown is too small and not drive-through. The plan about the noise restrictions or working hours is still incomplete, as the noise levels to the the upper rooms of our homes have not been dealt with. The hours I understand are to be Monday to Friday, 6am to 7pm, and any other hours we need to work. 
Being as the government's hours for night time are 11 o'clock at night to 7 o'clock in the morning, obviously this falls out of that remit. There is no plan of how the yard is going to be lit and I believe there is clearly going to be a light pollution problem. From a personal point of view, I'm against the whole idea on the grounds, the grounds of above, but the only UDC comment has been it's down to money, so let's talk. I'll start with saying that if the land adjacent to my home, from the back of my property to the top of the bank, with only a fence on top of the bank, is handed over, this will be a good place for me to start, so the area can never be changed again, and obviously I will be able to maintain it. That would be a good starting point for me and coming up with a sensible plan to move forward with this rather than some sort of review, inquiry or other expensive mess for everyone, not taking into account that this would waste a lot of time and I understand the dust carts from Dunmo really are already homeless. I would like the whole area to be sorted out at the same time to reduce the impact for the future, such as a lorry entrance through the new industrial estate in Hales Farm, a new entrance into the banana factory along the east end of the new depot with a bun to the east of that, and the entrance of the UDC depot being moved right up to the east end of the new yard as far away from the houses as possible. The ground to the rear of Strood Hall is also under attack in a similar way and it would be a good idea to deal with that with the same idea using the same sort of screening method, obviously with the agreement of the owners. To also place a better screening arrangement at the Blue Gates Farm end um, would be a good idea. These are my thoughts on the matter. As can you I, can see, I get you to wrap up a little bit, Mr Bulling? Yeah? Quick as you can, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. As you can see, I put a lot of effort into this and I would like to be standing here up today with more positive response in view of the development. But as I am staffed with the information, it is very hard to do. The 74-page document that was produced only eight days before, we was, before today has just not been enough time for me to go through it and look at it. Um, I believe a bit more communication both ways would mean we would be well, well ahead of where we are today. Um, on one of our meetings it was agreed somebody from the council would turn up and somebody did and they said I've only just come back off holiday so could not supply any real information the landowner or a representative that they were sending failed to turn up I've abbreviated that last bit just to get it done thank you uh, your abbreviation is appreciated thank you um, Jeremy Fulcher from the parish council yeah yep uh, Parish Councillor in um, Little Canfield, um, thank you for allowing me to uh, walk around with you this morning and uh, we hope you enjoyed your visit uh, to our village. Uh, Little Canfield Parish Council strongly object to this planning application. We would also request the planning officer to take specific note of the comprehensive information and comments provided by residents directly. The Parish Council's objections are based primarily on substantial change in the nature of the remaining undeveloped part of Little Canfield should this development take place and the effect that the de development will have on the residents of Little Canfield. Our concerns are heightened by the fact that all the environmental health and safety impacts of this proposed development are being considered in a standard standalone manner and not with respect to the proposed equally destructive Eastern Park proposals north of the B1256. We all know this is to be considered soon but obviously not a planning issue at the moment. 
the environment. The B1256 from Starthill to Little Canfield has been heavily developed and is now a ribbon development for nearly all its length. We believe that, in itself, this is contrary to your general planning principles. This proposed development will further destroy the remaining rural outlook for residents of the parish and add it to the likelihood of a continuous built-up area from Bishop Stortford to Dunmo. The Flitchway Linear Park is a delightful resource for local residents and others from outside the parish, allowing access to scenic beauty and wildlife. It is a, uh, such an industrial development and would destroy this sense of well-being gained from using this valuable asset within Uttlesford. The Bun design and the de- development uh, submission appears the worst of all worlds. Uh, that it uh, should be nearly 10 metres high to stop any smells or anything else. However, that would have a negative impact on the adjoining cottages. A small bun four metres high as proposed would achieve nothing in respect of seeing it, hearing it or smelling it. Despite the government's concern about vehicle emissions and excess road use, this development appears to be in location at the extreme southeast corner of the Uttlesford district. That will increase considerably the travelling needs of all the personnel working on the site and that of the waste wagons in carrying out their duties. In addition, it is noted that development is proposed to be constructed on a greenfield site which consists of top quality farmland at a time when government ministers are making it abundantly clear that in the light of Brexit, food production in the UK UK will need to be increased. It is considered that there are a number of brownfield sites which could be used for this development within Uttlesford and such sites would clearly not have the environmental impact. Um, Surveys carried out on the traffic flow on the B1256 as we understand it were taking place during the school holidays. This much reduces the B1256 traffic flow and access onto that uh, B1256 from the old Stortford Road is enhanced greatly when holidays, uh, um, when the schools are on holiday. Very little thought appears to have been given to the cumulative noise pollution and emissions effects of large wagons queuing up outside the cottages, most of which are listed buildings without double glazing and modern foundations on the Stortford Road to exit onto the B1256. I was in one of his cottages last night and he said it was pretty much falling down when he went there and the, road, the pressure on the road would be too much for it, I think we feel. We cannot see any likely benefits to Little Canfield from this development as the main employment will, from exi- will be from existing personnel brought in from other areas. There are no shops or eaters in the, me- in the immediate vicinity. Vehicle journeys and the noise and emissions will be increased if workers need to obtain supplies during the working day. All of this to the detriment of the local community. As there will be no residential precept, the Parish Council will receive no added funds to help support and maintain what local, me- what local amenities remain. Lastly, I have it on good authority that you have been looking for a site for four years and then you approached the landowner. With all due respect, I would say that Maria Shoesmith and, and her superiors should spend more time or their valuable time outside the office. And by the way, wheat grown on that field yields enough to produce in excess of 95,000 loaves of bread every year. Please find a brownfield site or an existing industrial site. Thank you. Thank you, Mr Fulcher. Um, And I have uh, Paula Bragalu, if I pronounce that right, Paula. Um, I'd like to apologise. Um, I managed to leave my notes at home, so it's I okay. sat here and scribbled these it's, down. It's okay. Don't be as eloquent. You, anyway. have, you have three minutes. <coughs> Thank you. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon. 
Um, I'm here primarily to speak about the industrial units on this joint application. I understand you visited the site today. I don't know if you were able to view the site from High Cross Lane West. We don't have many undulating views in this part of Essex, but this is one of them. I did have a photograph to show you, but obviously I haven't got that. If you were to travel from Takeley to Great Dunmo along the B1256, you can get a glimpse of this field from quite a distance away. The field prior to the site sweeps down to the brook, which is nestled in a small valley, and the site field rises up from this brook to High Cross Lane East. The industrial development proposed is proposing buildings of up to 14 metres high. That's 45 foot. Um, and just for scale, the average house is about 7 metres, 22 foot. You will, see, um, you will see this from quite a way away. It will be quite a blot on the landscape. As this application is a hybrid application, I assume one cannot exist without the other. It smacks a little of, if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Do we really need another large mixed-use development when the one at Takeley that was only built a few years ago is only a third full and there are empty units in Stansted and in Great Dunmo? I understand the council depot has to move from Dunmo, so if it was just this we had to consider, why can't a smaller site be found? On your calls for site plan, there is a small spit of land just across from, from our site um, by Highwoods that does not have a house in sight of it, unlike our field, which has four of the 15 listed buildings in Little Canfield. We have to ask, we've had to ask on numerous occasions what other sites have been considered, but this information has, been not, has not been forthcoming. We do have noise from the A120, but it's a distant hum in the background, and you can filter that out, and you can still hear the skylarks over the field across the way. From the depot, um, uh, sorry, um, we know what to expect noise-wise possibly from the depot, but we don't from the mixed industrial um, use, the big development that they plan to build next to it. We don't know what's going to come in there and what noise that's going to create. So I just ask you, do we really need another large mixed-use industrial development in our area? Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Paula. Um, we have no other speakers. The agent isn't speaking as such today. So uh, over to you, committee, uh, for your comments. Councillor Fairhurst. And then you. Okay. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, we have a lot of interesting matters at this committee and difficult decisions to take, um, generally weighing up the, the pros and the cons and coming to a solution. This isn't one of those, I'm afraid. It is a valuable hub, and I think we all need that, and it would be nice if it was very efficient. And I think we all look forward to commercial sites that work and improve jobs. But being out there today, we saw... Listed buildings, we saw the flitchway, um, clearly there's going to be noise, I hadn't even thought about the smell, um, the large lorries going backwards and forwards, um, and it struck me that this is simply not going to work. So I will not be supporting this, this application. Uh, Councillor Lachlan. Thank you. Find all my bits of paper. Thank you. Um, yeah. Well, I've just been looking through the MPPF and it says planning policies and decisions should aim to avoid noise from giving, significant rise, to, uh, from giving rise to significant adverse impacts on health and quality of life 
as a result of a new development. And uh, I know that the MPPF is being updated, but I'm sure it will probably say the same thing. I have got it on my um, iPad, but I don't really want to look at it all now. Uh, and it says, identify and protect areas of tranquility which have remained relatively undisturbed by noise and are prized for the recreational and amenity value for this reason. And, and when I look through the report, um, it, but there is no lighting scheme. That is supposed to be supplied at a later date. Um, but this committee is being asked to decide this application without knowing what that lighting scheme is. Um, and, and I don't find that acceptable because we don't know what it's going to be. We might not like it. Uh, and also, looking at the reason, uh, looking at the noise of the hours, um, 6 o'clock uh, in, in the morning and 7 o'clock at night I think that's unacceptable for the people that live nearby with great big lorries trundling along and, uh, at 6 o'clock in the morning and leaving at 7 o'clock at night. Uh, and it says the movement of heavy goods vehicles leaving or entering the site shall not occur except between 7 o'clock and 6 o'clock. That also it is uh, intrusive, I find. I mean, I wouldn't want to be woken up by a heavy lorry at uh, 6 and 7 in the morning. We get complaints about aircraft noise, night noise and things like that. And this is, uh, to me, this is uh, no different. Uh, it might not be an aeroplane, but it's a blooming great lorry, and I don't see much difference between that. So I don't think, until we've got all the information, and I, and I will not support these hours, but until we have the information about the lighting scheme, because it will be light, it gets darker, early in the winter, probably the lights will come on three, half past three-ish, maybe even before that because it will be gloomy, uh, and presumably there will be security lights that will be on throughout the night. Uh, so uh, that again is another reason I can't support this application. I don't think it's a detailed and it's no, uh, nothing to do with Mrs. Shoesmith. I think that we need to know more before we'll be able to vote on this. I'm sorry, I won't be able to vote in its present form. <coughs> Thank you. Councillor Freeman. Yes, <clears throat> thank you, Chairman. Um, basically, what this is, it's 6.2 hectares of industrial estate dumped in the countryside. It's really what it is. <clears throat> it happens to be near to a junction, conveniently near to a junction on the A120. Uh, but we're told that actually when the uh, load of traffic is there to get out in the morning, there's actually substantial queuing, which I haven't seen, but I presume that is the case in which case it's almost fouled its reason for being there. So it's hard to support, and the only one thing that occurs to me out of the report, uh, on page 33, uh, the Friends of the Fitchway and Associated Woodlands, uh, if you look at the bullet points, six from the bottom says the preferred buffer zone should be at least 20 metres wide, and I concur with that. It's only about seven metres, five metres, in fact, in the uh, plan. And... It's not enough between those very large buildings and what is a linear park and a linear wildlife park. Uh, 20 metres would be useful. It would be a wildlife corridor. Uh, five or seven metres insufficient. So on that basis alone, these very large buildings uh, would detract significantly from the, um, the Fitch Way. And I, I would find it hard to support this. I think, I think we could do better. Uh, and I concur with Councillor Lockton that there's nothing about the sort of lighting we're going to get on this place and indeed we have no control over the amount of noise and pollution well obviously pollution but the noise is difficult to second guess because it depends on what the units are eventually used for so I, I find it difficult to support I get the impression it's just in the wrong place 
for the council. I just think it's in the wrong place. It's for air trucks and air truck service centres of population, and it's a long way from all of those. Uh, Councillor Lemon. Sorry. Um, my question is, how many other sites have we looked at for this um, particular depot? Have we looked at other sites? Uh, to a certain extent, that's not the matter before us. Um, you, you, all I can say is that, yes, um, I, I can probably say that dozens have been looked at. That doesn't give any reason why this should be approved, OK? No, that's fine. Uh, Councillor Wells. Well, I concur with everything that's been said, but I'd also like to add, I mean, even if we were considering this site, why does the building have to be so close to the Flitchway, and why does it have to be so tall? One of the pictures we show, was shown showed the lorries on the ramps and there was good headroom above it. So why does it have to be so tall? Um, in, even if we were considering this elsewhere, I just feel it's a, a monstrous building. It doesn't necessarily have to be. Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, on the basis of what I've just heard anyway, I propose that we reject this outright. I would look at Section 7, S7 and um, listed building and Fletcher as preservation sites. Okay, does that find a seconder? Councillor L- Lodge, but before I take that, I'll let Mr Brown speak. Can I, just, can I just add one? If members are mindful to refuse it, then you also need to, if, bearing in mind any potential appeal, <coughs> you need to also cover the lack of the 106 proposals. <coughs> so it would fail on the highway mitigation measures. So that's, that's all that I would suggest. Okay, I have... Uh, a recommendation for a dismissal from uh, Councillor Fairhurst. That's been seconded by Councillor Lodge. All those in favour of dismissing this application, please show. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Okay, that matter is finished. It's unanimously rejected. Uh, we're moving on. UTT 173751, outline planning at the uh, Bradley Resource Centre, which we also visited this morning. I'll just let the room clear. Mrs. Shoesmith, when you're ready. Thank you, Chairman. The application site is located um, off of Cambridge Road um, in Ugly and off of Pound Lane. So Cambridge Road is located uh, to the west here. Um, As you come off, as as we've been uh, visiting the site today, you come round into Pound Lane and the access into the main site um, is located uh, located here. The application is a hybrid application. Um, again, um, and it forms um, in two parcels. The full element of the planning application, the detailed element, is located here, and it's for the erection of a new residential autism facility to comprise eight one-bedroom flats, together with staff accommodation, parking, and associated works. The second parcel of land located to the north, um, still within um, 
the overall site's um, boundaries um, is for an outline application with all matters reserved except for access um, for up to three uh, residential dwellings, uh, of which it has said it's going to be located here. Um, these are proposed, uh, the residential dwellings are proposed um, as enabling development, uh, which would deliver, um, deliver the funding which is required uh, to develop the facility, which is um, going to be located here. The parcel of land um, to, the, to the north is uh, 0.72 of a hectare. The uh, overflow parking, which is existing on site, will remain. However, its configuration um, is likely to change later on as a result of the proposed dwellings. As I said, all matters are reserved on the outline application except for the access, um, which is the singular access into both sites itself. As part of the um, main application, uh, part of the detailed application for the facility, um, it's proposed that um, 14 metres of a cartilage listed wall will uh, be demolished in order to gain access into the facility itself. I'll just go through the plans. Um, this is the elevation of the uh, wall which was uh, seen today on site. Um, say a section of wall uh, will be removed to, to uh, be able to access the facility. Um, this will create um, of visibility displays, um, easy enter and access into the site where there will be a secure access into the site. So it, it would be able to allow two vehicles passing by each other. Also pedestrian access into the site as well. In terms of the facility itself, um, the facility will be located within a single storey building um, to the south of the site. As part of the application, landscaping around the perimeters of the site will remain. Unfortunately, there will be uh, a couple of trees within, within the um, location of the uh, building which will be removed as a result to enable the development of the um, facility. Say so there's um, quite a large um, tree here and here and one as a result of the removal of the wall as well. Just um, going through the ground floor plans, as I say, there are eight uh, one-bedroom apartments which will all have their own private gardens, uh, gardens as well. There will be secure lobbies from the flats that would lead into the communal area, area of the um, rest of the building. There will be a training uh, unit, there will be multi-purpose rooms, um, welfare, welfare rooms, offices and um, a secure garden, open garden, which will be within the core of the building itself. As part of the scheme, there will be an extension of the existing allotments on site, also um, an orchard and wildlife areas to, uh, to the rear of the building. In terms of its appearance, as I say it's single story, it will be a green roof building uh, with PV panels together with uh, roof lights that, would, uh, that have been orientated to gain maximum um, light into the uh, rooms within the building itself. This is a cross section of what the building would look like. 
and these are the elevations of the building as well, um, both east and west um, elevations. You'll see the um, <coughs> uh, the rooms and the gardens. Um, that will be the uh, the eastern elevation there. The southern elevation and the main entrance, uh, what you'll see on the approach to the building. In terms of um, the facility, um, as I say, the, the outline application for the uh, market dwellings are required as an enabling development um, in order to provide uh, this exemplar facility um, for, for autism. The facility would be an extension of the existing resource centre uh, and it, it will be a bespoke facility that would uh, meet the needs of the residents. It would create five additional jobs as a result of it. Uh, market housing, which is enabling, uh, would cross-fund uh, to enable this to be built. Uh, without the market uh, element, uh, obviously uh, the, um, the funding will not be met. Uh, the market housing has been supported by a viability report which has been verified by an independent consultant. Uh, the design um, has been fully discussed in the report and, and it meets the needs of the future residents there. No objections have been raised uh, within the application. As a result, uh, approval is recommended subject to a section 106 um, agreement with the amended date for the completion of the 106 uh, from the 29th of June to the 27th of July. Again, this is a discretionary date um, and also subject to conditions outlined on pages 100 and 106. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, thank you, Mrs. Shoesmith. We have one speaker on this, and that's the applicant, Viv Smith. Three minutes. You have three minutes, Ms. Okay, thank you. Hi, my name is Viv Smith, and I'm the Divisional Director for HFT. And thank you for the opportunity to speak today to inform you of our exciting proposal to support those living with autistic spectrum disorder in our community. HFT is a national charity providing services for people with learning disabilities. The project will fill an identified gap following discussions with commissioners. It will enable independent living within individual flats but still providing a level of care appropriate for the needs of people the charity supports. The scheme has been designed to be sympathetic to its rural setting, be of a sustainable design and respond directly to the needs of its users. In working up an appropriate scheme, HFT have identified the needs of and benefits for autistic people by undertaking the following. Engaging the services of a leading expert in autism with a long and successful track record, advising on created accommodation designed for autistic people. The expert has been involved throughout the design evolution, working alongside architects, staff and people on the autism spectrum. The architects have delivered a scheme which is informed by the latest understanding of autistic people and autistic perception, including sensory differences. All of these aspects will serve to benefit autistic adults living there by providing an enabling, uh, enabling living environment with the necessary flexibility to support a wide range of autistic presentations, facilitating the learning of life skills and acquisition of new skills, avoiding any unnecessary and intrusive sensory stimulus that might result in high anxiety levels, offering a high quality living environment and providing a blueprint for future projects, 
in meeting the gold standard for new build design of autistic people. In order to make the scheme financially deliverable, private housing has been included to provide some degree of cross-funding to the new residential autism facility. This will not be large enough to meet the funding gap and therefore the charity will need to draw on charitable fundraising to deliver the project. We have worked closely with planning officers throughout extensive pre-application discussions to ensure agreement with the principle of the scheme. The design and all the technical matters are resolved, including the part demolition of a listed wall, highways and development viability. We welcome your officer's recommendation to approve the application. We hope that the benefits of the proposal can be fully realised through positive determination of this planning committee. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you, Ms Smith. Uh, we have no other speakers, so over to you, committee. Councillor Lodge. Thank you, Chair. I'm a, a, a bit uh, puzzled about the Section 106 agreement. Um, I, I, it would be my understanding that there, there were separate applications and that um, the, the, the sort of funding of the project wouldn't likely be uh, a planning issue. However, um, point one there in 106 says that it's subject to securing monies from the sales of three market Houses. I don't, I don't really understand how that can be a condition, how if it's in, perhaps somebody could help Mr. me. Mr. Brown that. is going to explain it to you. You're right. The funding not, would not normally be a planning consideration. But what we are basically, what I think we are doing here, um, the reason why I say I think we are allowing three houses where we would not normally allow three houses, unless members disagree with me on that one and think that this site would have, might have been. The site is not inappropriate for development, but it's not one of those ones that's prime for development. We are allowing exception housing specifically for the funding purposes, and that's why we want to make sure that the, the receipts from those houses contribute towards the funding. So that's all it is. It's because we're making an If these houses were, were, were being approved in a location where we would normally approve houses, then you're quite right, we wouldn't have to do this. But in this situation, we have to link the two. And the wording will be a bit more precise than what you see in, your, in, in the requirements there. Yes, yeah, so just, just coming on back there. So, so what, what you're saying is that that money has to be used and can only be used for the funding of the second thing. Uh, okay, I'm, uh, I'm very happy with that. Uh, Councillor Lachlan and then Councillor Fairhurst and then Councillor Wells. Thank you. Well, um, I thought it was a magnificent. I, you know, I wouldn't have been happy with those houses if it was just uh, an application for houses on that. So I would not have supported it. Um, but I would like to make a statement as local member because I know that the parish council were very upset because nobody uh, talked to them. They did come here and talk to us some while ago, um, but the parish council feel that you could have gone and spoken to them uh, out of courtesy, and I, and I do agree with that. Um, uh, and, but they've also objected to uh, they've objected to the houses and they've objected to the knocking down of the walls. So I think uh, Maria wasn't quite right when she said there were no objections because there actually are. But that's not me speaking, that is, uh, uh, that's the parish council's feeling. So I do hope that if you do anything else there, you, you just have a word with them. They're very nice people and I'm sure they'll be very amenable. <coughs> Councillor Fairhurst. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Um, 
I, without hesitation, I'm happy to propose that we accept this, this application um, with the one caveat. I think, I think the house themselves are fine with they are, and it's a fairly good trade-off for, for, the, for the rather creative development on the other side. Um, I'm also not mad about chopping down 14, 14 metres of wall, but if it needs to create it, then it makes sense to do so. But I'd like to add one small caveat, and that's that one green tree. Um, you did make mention that it possibly could be saved, and I'd like to conditionalise that. Just as a, as a bit of a gesture to this committee that we save the tree. I think the copper one can't be saved, but with all reason, if we can, if we can save the tree, let's approve this process. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr Brown. Yes, we can, well, we can save it as, as, as if it can be saved, we'll save it. But uh, rather than making this leap to say that it has to go. So what I suggest we do, um, Maria suggested condition 21 in the officer's report on page 105, says no retained tree or shrub shall be cut down, uprooted or destroyed, nor shall any retained tree or shrub be topped or lopped, other than in accordance with the approved plans. Um, and there's a specific tree plan which we saw today. What I suggest we do is reword condition 21 to say notwithstanding that plan, um, no retrained tree, including it's a lime tree. I can confirm. I think it's, it's, it's so. No retrained tree, including the lime tree, shall be fair without the prior approval of the local. So basically, if we then get to that position where that tree has to come, to be blunt, they're going to have to apply for that condition to be varied and justify it. What I also suggest we do is condition 22. Unless I've missed, the, unless I've missed it. I suggest condition 22, which is basically a protect tree condition, yeah. which basically means all trees that are to be retained have chestnut paling around it in bridges standards. So builders are builders, and so therefore suddenly you know, it avoids the temptation of putting <coughs> bricks next to a tree. Just wanted something about Go on. Yeah, Councillor Lachlan, and then I'll uh, Does that include the copper tree or uh, the copper... No. Uh, uh, not the copper, uh, the no. beech tree? No, unfortunately, the beech tree has to come down yeah. because that's actually within the footprint of the building. I think for clarification, we, we believed from the visit this morning that it may be possible to save that tree uh, and use it as a centrepiece of the development and work around it as opposed to, you know, and use it as an undercloak. So I think it's not, not beyond the possibility, especially as I have to compliment the architecture in this case. I think the design's superb. So it's nice to see something like this come forward. Uh, Councillor Wells. Uh, well, I was just going to propose the recommendation, so since it's already been done, I'm happy to second. I have a proposal and I have a seconder for this application. All those in favour, please show. That is unanimous. That application is approved. Mrs Shoesmith, do you want to take us through the second part? Thank you, Chairman. The, we have also, together with this, a listed building application, um, which is for the removal of the 14 metre length of wall um, in order to be able to gain the access into um, the facility site. Um, again, that's, that's the elevations, um, and the recommendation um, in consideration of the comments received is um, approval subject to conditions. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, thank you very much. I don't think uh, Ms Smith needs to speak on this application. Uh, I'm quite happy to uh, propose this from the Chair. Does that find a seconder? Seconded by Councillor Lodge. All those in favour, please show. That is also unanimously approved. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Land to the south. No, we've cut that one. Uh, Tower House and Edmunds Lane. Mr Theobald. Number eight.
Mr. Theobald, when you're ready. Thank you, Chair. This, this application relates to a vehicular access as a reinstated access to serve Tower House from St Edmunds Lane with vehicular hard standing parking and turning area behind. Uh, just one piece of housekeeping. There's a reference made in the landscape officer's consultation response to a no-dig condition uh, because of the need to protect a prominent oak tree which is preserved at the front of the site adjacent to the corner of the proposed access. Um, now, uh, that hasn't been included within the conditions in the report, so an additional condition will be placed at the end of the conditions, should members be mindful to approve, to include the no-dig condition. Um, just to really say that this is uh, for a reinstatement of access onto St Edmunds Lane, um, in the proximity of that large oak tree you can see there, with the vehicular hard standing and parking area behind. Um, access is currently served from the Tower Drive to the south of the site um, and proposed access will be coming straight into Tower House um, on the northern side. There's been no um, objections from County Highways, uh, there's been no objections from Heritage uh, Conservation Officer, uh, there's been no objections from a Landscape Officer and it's recommended Chairman that the application be approved. Uh, thank you, Mr. Theobald. We have no speakers, so straight over to the committee. Any comments, gentlemen? No? Okay, I actually drove past this yesterday and the drop curve is already in place, so this isn't existing, and uh, as such it is clear of the oak tree, so the main issues I don't think exist as such. So I'm happy to propose from the Chair, seconded by Councillor Wells. All those in favour, please show. That item is unanimous. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mr. Theobald. Thank you. Um, Mr McAvoy, UTT 180763, Weaver Head Close at Thaxted, Dunmo. Thank you, Chair. Good afternoon. Oh. <laughs> Why is this not working? Oh, I don't seem to have the plans. Um, this is an application for a um, first floor side extension um, to a property at Weaverhead Close in Thaxted. I do apologise, I don't seem to have included the site or location plan um, on this. Um, it's been referred to committee because uh, the, one of the applicants is an employee of the council. Um, like I said, I do apologise. It's perhaps not as clear as it could have been. Um, these are the existing elevations. If you can just flick there, you can see um, the side extension um, there. Um, it has an element of setback um, and a dropped ridge line as well. Um, there have been no objections, and the recommendation is to approve. Okay, for the point of clarity, everybody uh, who has the plans or has the document in front of them is on page 149. We can see the site plan. Uh, which has been omitted. Um, okay, we have no speakers as such, so straight over to the committee for your comments. Anything from anybody? Okay, it's recommended for approval. I'm quite happy to uh, propose from the chair. Does that find a seconder? Councillor Wells, all those in favour, please show. Okay, that item is unanimous and approved. And we are complete for the day. 
Uh, while we're all here, I'd just like to, all of you to join me in congratulating Elizabeth on her permanent position now uh, with the Council. So we look forward to seeing her on an even more regular basis. Uh, and after the committees that we've had recently today has been a uh, very pleasant alternative. Thank you very much.